Yo, yo, my name is Big Lou, and you are now listening to Go Produce. We're the show that explores how music industry professionals turn their passion into profits. In this episode, you've got Derek Young, a DJ with Drive who does major festival work on top of keeping nightlife in London, Ontario, poppin'. The Go Produce focus of this episode is how do you remain relevant in a student town over an extended period of time while continuing to enjoy the process? If you go out to bars, clubs, restaurants, or festivals, then this episode is for you. Thank you, Derek, first and foremost, for being here. I want you to know that we do really appreciate your time, so why don't we go ahead and go produce. Listeners, let me tell you who we've got here today. Derek Young started out DJing in high school. He then moved from Toronto to London, Ontario for university, and by his fourth year, he was confident in his decision to pursue music full-time. This led to combined degree with Western and Fanshawe, and to him becoming the host of the radio show Return of the DJs on 106.9 VX for two years. Derek enjoyed DJing, but he realized it wasn't enough, that he had to offer more if he wanted to continue growing his career. He gathered some friends and eventually turned that group of people into Premier Productions, also known as Premier Life. As Premier continues to grow, Derek started exploring other avenues within the scene and ended up working internationally with Breakaway Tours, booking roughly 650 trips a year for their well-known spring break vacations. Fast forward to when Derek met his current business partner, Kirk. The two built their own concert division and worked on major projects like London's Block Party, having featured Avicii, university events such as Western's Homecoming, and endless, I mean endless bar nights at the Barking Frog. On top of all of that, he's also been involved in major talent buys for artists such as the late Avicii, the late Juice World, Calvin Harris, Dead Mouse, Tyga, and many, many more. Derek Young, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. Let's get right into it. Like I said, we do appreciate your time. So the first segment that we're going to get into is called Pow! The Basics. Oh, we got the music just a little bit late. It's cool, it's cool, it's cool. We just need to get more coffees. <laughs> but yeah, so the basic, what we're going to do is we're going to run through some simple questions so that we can get to know you better, Derek, so that our audience can have an idea of what to expect here. My first and favorite question to ask is, what is your, fa- or what is your first musical memory? First musical memory, listening to, I don't know what age, but uh, going through my dad's record collection, my mom and dad's record collection when I was a kid, Oof. probably. Oof. And uh, not really knowing what the music was, but just thinking it was cool that I could put the needle down and a sound would come out in the headphones. I was probably like five or six at the time. I don't think I really had an appreciation for the music. It was just more of a, the novelty thing. Yeah, it was almost magic. Yeah, exactly. What is this? What is this contraption where making the, this Where noise? do these sounds come from and how come it's on <laughs> this big round disc? And and did the sound, the, like the energy, the, the wave concentration of the sound kind of make you want to continue? What what was it with the sound that, tipi- like, I, I should say resonate. Resonate's a good word. What was it that resonated with you with the sound when you first discovered that? Um, I think it was just, I just, I, I, again, I think it was just more... It was just, I thought it was like a cool novel thing. The, the appreciation for music, I think, came um, from probably like, because my, my, 
my my dad collected a lot of music, so it was always around the house. So um, grew up listening to a very eclectic mix of music. Um, so I, I think it was just it was just always accessible to me. So that's kind yeah. of I didn't really play any instruments or anything like that when I was that young. So yeah. I didn't pick that up until later. But so it was just having music around at all times and getting new music was always like available at the house. So it was just something that I, I just kind of gravitated towards. That's super cool. I wonder at what point, not necessarily in your life particularly, but at what point does music change from being noise to music for the young mind? Because they can still be stimulated by this, but if you didn't really have an appreciation for it. I think it's, I don't know, I have two, well, when my kids were super young, I used to play mm -hmm. music for them all the time. And certain types of music would elicit different types of responses. I think there's definitely like, well, you can attest to this being in the industry. I think music elicits some sort of emotional response. And um, at least good music does. <laughs> yeah. Well, bad music too. <laughs> good point. Good point. <laughs> um, I, I think there. I think there's an emotional connection with it right away. I think that it, I don't think it's. Uh, I, I think you do understand that it's not just noise from the very beginning but i think it it if you listen to a song um when you were say five years old and then you listen to it you know 20 years later it, it'll sound different to you because i think that your experiences get tied into the into the music um we all know when you go to a, like a, a bar night or whatever and you hear a song that you you remember from when you were like 10 or 11 years old it, there's like a nostalgic kind of quality to it so it makes it it almost makes it sound better. Yeah. Maybe in that moment when you first hear it, whatever your visceral reaction is to it, it's this is amazing. It sucks. I've never listened to this again. Um, you, you lose that feeling because you're not hearing it for the first time. But there's definitely like uh like I say, like a nostalgic quality here in like older music or whatever that uh your experiences get tied into into the way you feel about the song. It's like a it's like a nicely aged wine. Yeah, exactly. It can grow better with time. That's very interesting. Speaking of nostalgic moments, you are currently the owner of Premier Life Hospitality, but the former owner of Premier Productions. What What is the story there? Is that an adjustment to the business? Um, okay, so the uh, a quick timeline of what happened was Premier Productions was, that was just the original name of the company. Um, I had it with, uh, started with uh, another one of my friends and we were, <clears throat> we, we did graphic, we did graphic design for people. That's how you started. Yeah. We were, I wasn't doing the graphic design, but I, um, I was like more of the middleman and came up with some of the concepts for people and then helped them put together advertising concepts. Right. So, and then we started throwing a few parties here and there. Um, and then it started to grow as we started to meet some more people. We, we changed the name because uh, somebody that I was working with at the time was uh, working heavily on developing um, a blog. So when oh. we developed the blog, um, it was premierlife.ca. Um, and we just did, we kind of shifted away from the premier productions, it just became premier life. Once the blog took off, it just right. didn't make sense to have two company names. Right, right. Makes sense. Okay. And so what does your position look like today at Premier Life? Uh, most, well, it's evolved. It's, it's definitely evolved 
over time. Um, I think, like I said at the beginning, we were helping helping uh, hospitality businesses put together, um, you know, des- design and advertising concepts. Right. Later went into organizing parties, um, and then all of that included with um, organizing parties, advertising concepts, and then concerts. Um, that's and my position currently, which is uh, kind of running, still doing everything. Um, but with added responsibility, I think um, the company is, I wouldn't say it's taken a, a backseat necessarily. It's more, it's not as uh, intensive as it used to be. We were running, you know, we used to run four or five nights at three or four different bars, plus yeah. concerts, plus the blog. Oh, I know. I was there. <laughs> yeah. So now it's more, uh, we're focused on content curation. Yeah. Um, helping, helping, um, helping people curate artists for concerts and leveraging those like contacts we've developed over the years to put together, to put together concerts. And then um, over the past five or six years, our group has uh, been heavily involved at the Barking Frog. So that's been a major concentration and then a lot of uh, events with the university. So that's been the crux of our business, I'd say for the past, I'd say four or five years. I hear you. I hear you. Between between like you you just touched on a whole bunch of different projects that you've either working on or have worked on. Between all the house parties, bar nights, student tours and I don't know, festivals, concerts, you must have a memorable story or two. Can we can you can you bless us with something like that? Oh hell no. <laughs> um yeah, I, I don't know what the uh, audience uh listenership is going to be like, so I'll keep it PG. Um, Relatively. We, 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 (laughs) if it does, if it breaks a story, feel free to just give it full force and we can do uh, the editing later. I don't want to throw anybody under the bus either. So fair. Um, I think uh, a a memory, a fond memory for me, um, I'll do one DJing one and one concert related one. So I remember um, when we first got into the concert, into the concert game we got lucky and we, we kind of usually kind of there's like a slow gradual progression you start off doing smaller concerts and then you work your way up start doing bigger ones yeah our first concert was deadmos get out of here yeah so what i don't yeah i i don't think i had a real appreciation for um you know what I mean, we had no idea what we were doing. We pretended like we were, we knew what was going on, but um, there was, there was a party that was put on by some of our friends that they were doing. There was a tent party before this, before the tent party kind of brand started doing massive DJ acts. Okay. And they were do they were, they were, they were pretty successful doing it. Um, but they were looking for a way to, to grow the concert. Um, outside of their immediate friend group, basically, right? And the p- connections that they had. And we were running a lot of bar nights at the time um, where the old toboggan, we're sorry, where toboggan is right now, there used to be a bar called Jim Bob's. And um, Jim Bob's. Oh, yeah. We were throwing some bangers there. Been there, done that. <laughs> so we were doing a lot of nights. So we got approached because we had a very good reach with students. 
And this group of guys, they asked us if we'd jump on board. Through the process of, you know, finagling with agents and whatever, the person who was curating, we, we weren't the person doing the talent buy at the time. Okay. Um, they came to us and said, hey, would you guys be interested in doing Dead Mouse? This is when DJs weren't that expensive, but uh, I mean, relatively. But yeah. um, so we had no idea what was kind of going on. Uh, a lot of hard work went through with the team. But uh, I remember being, being backstage and then, I don't know, I think about a third of the way through the concert, I, I didn't even see what was going on. I was so, so nervous. Uh, I, I, got a chance to, I got a chance to stand up on stage. Um, just, I don't know, randomly, I was like, let's, let's yeah. see what this looks like. Yeah. And I think, the, I don't remember how many people there, there were there. I think my memory is like, there's seven, 8,000 people, but it could have been less, but whatever, right? Yeah. Um, I remember standing up on stage and looking, looking out at the back. And looking all the way down to the back of the crowd, we're like, holy shit. Yeah. There's a lot of people here. And just like having a moment of sh- like panic, being like, holy, holy shit, there's a lot it of people here. It became real. And then I was like, oh man, I, I was like a part of this. And then that, that feeling never really kind of goes away um, or it goes away. And then you're always trying to replicate that feeling. Uh. And so that kind of, I always told Mike Manuel was uh, one of the, one of the people involved in, in that party. And I remember vividly telling him, you know, this is going to be the worst thing that ever happened to us. Right. And he's like, why? <laughs> I'm like, we're going to want to do this all the time now. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. he actually did go on to do it full time. <laughs> he got a taste of the real deal. Yeah. 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 It was just uh, a very, it was very surreal to be part of it because like I was saying, we, we skipped a lot of steps, right? Like, we, But that's, that's, that's not, that doesn't happen very often, skipping steps. So like people can't just expect to do that. No, we skipped some steps, but then went backwards and then had to work our way back up again. So uh, to everyone listening, it's magic. The magic doesn't happen all the time. So, but yeah. we, we got knocked down a few pegs after that and then had to kind of figure out what to do after that. Yeah. Um, and I think the other thing that I, from the things that I've done in the past, I remember doing my first bar gig when I was like 16 or 17. 16 doing your first bar gig. All right, cool. I remember, I remember calling every, just like, I just looked up, I was looking up like phone numbers of like DJ companies, DJ companies. And I just started calling all of them. They were like disc jockey companies that like did weddings and stuff like that. But there was one that was like, Something about, I can't remember what the ad was. It's something that they do DJ placement in bars and stuff. So I called the guy. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, I know this sounds kind of sketchy, but whatever. You're 17, you're shit. <laughs> Take the risk. What do you got to lose? I remember, I don't remember that. I don't remember the bar's name, but I do remember it was an Ajax. And I remember, oh. I remember showing up to the gig and there was like five people in the bar, I think. And this intense like DJ setup, like it was literally like I was in a living room. Yeah, <laughs> I was literally like it was almost like a setup in like a shed with you couldn't see out. I had to look out like a little window to like see the, to see the rest of the bar. But I remember, I remember, I remember Ooh. doing that, going, "Man, this sucks." <laughs> like, Am I signing up for this? Yeah, I was like, "This is terrible." I was like, "It's kind of better to be in my room DJing," and I think. I think uh, the lesson that came from that was I got to figure out a way to 
to do parties so that there's people there. And that really was how the company kind of, kind of started. When I, when I went to university, I was like able to do parties in like my res and like, um, like frat parties and stuff, but I never get into bars. So that's pretty much how the idea from, for the company kind of came about was I just, I wanted to, from that lesson learned, I want to DJ for a crowd. And yeah. I think that, uh, I was just like, man, I, I can't play for five people. That's, yeah. that's, that's this is a, the worst thing in the world. <laughs> it's the worst, but you experienced it. And that's what, that's something that people got to realize. Like you're not just going to start off doing that. Um, but one thing that I, I, I really like that you said is that you only needed one person to answer and even though that one person was sketchy, it still developed and, and grew into what it did. So make those phone calls, man. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. All, <laughs> all connections that you make in the industry, in any industry that you're in, good or bad, I think there's, there's always a takeaway from it. That, um, you know, if you're, if you're dedicated to your goal, you're, you're going to take every, every interaction and every um, relationship. Uh, you're going to take away something a life lesson from it anyway most definitely you you clearly spent lots of time doing this and you've been involved in many different parts of the industry i'm curious to know what is your favorite part so far at least and why uh favorite part pretty easy um the people um you get to meet you get to meet tons of people um like I think I was doing, I think the other day I, w I was talking to somebody and they're like, how many people do you think you meet in a week or like talk to in a week? I was like, I don't know, depending on the year and the size of the bars and the size of the concerts, like probably if, if personally interacting with like hundreds a day, easily, easily, easily um, and seeing maybe not directly interacting, but being involved with, you know, thousands of people a week. Yeah. Is it almost the energy that you're getting from the groups of people? Because there's no way you can actually connect with a thousand people in a day. So it's, yeah, it's yeah, it, it definitely is a hundred percent. That's it's the vibe. I think, um, you know, you know, when you do, when you do this long enough, you can, you take your good days and your bad days and, and it's definitely a vibe thing. And sometimes, uh, you get, you take the good with the bad, but sometimes the vibe is not right. Mm. And you take that home with you. And, you know, if you have a, if whatever the event that you, that you did wasn't that great, or you felt like people didn't have a good time that, that, that wears on you a little bit, but at the same time, the positive energy that you get from people like that, that also carries with you too. And it, it, it greatly affects your, your mood and your tone, uh, everything. So I, I just think that, uh, yeah, just, you know, being around, being around lots of people and not having to sit behind a desk has always, always been attractive for me. I like that. People, people can bring negative energy. And out of all the people that you've worked with, perhaps just let's, how about we limit it to artists? What is one of your worst experiences that left you feeling negative for the rest of the day or for a week or so? Um... I wouldn't say that any particular artist who had made, made anything difficult um, for me anyway. I mean, I kind of understand the situation that they're in, you know, they're right. there to perform, they're there to get paid. This is how, this is what they do to make, to, to feed themselves, whatever. So it's a job. 
Um, most, generally speaking, um, we dealt in the world of DJs uh, for a very long time. Um, I don't know if, I don't know how many DJs you've been around in your life, probably a lot, but DJs are pretty solitary creatures. Um, they're, they're music nerds, and a lot of them are computer nerds. So they're, they're pretty easy going and like uh, really easy along with where the part of where things get difficult is dealing with their management mm. agents. That's the part of it that uh, kind of, you know, if there is, if there have been experiences in the industry related to the artist, it has more to do with their, their management, which again, they have a job to do, but um, some agents have a different take on the way they feel they should interact with the, uh, the talent buyers or the club promoters right. or whatever. Right. So, right. I hear you. What about ridiculous ask, or uh, writer asks, have you ever heard anything like that? A quick one before we go on to the next one. Yeah, I've, we've had, we've seen some strange, I think they just put shit in writers just to see if you're reading them. Sometimes. <laughs> I don't know, like which ones we have. We've, we've seen, uh, Riders with no green M and M's. You've seen that, hey? So it's not just myth. No, it's 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 not. But I swear, I talked to an agent before, and they're like, sometimes we just put weird shit in it just to make sure that people are paying attention. That's hilarious. That's hilarious. Because a lot of times, when riders go out too, um, there it'll be like their con- it'll be like their concert rider, and they're mm. and you book them and you book them for like a five six hundred person like small venue, and like you're like, I don't think you need. 100 chicken wings you know what I mean for no definitely not (laughs) that's jokes that's jokes perfect well that was our that was our not so basic basic round and we're gonna move swiftly into the speed round you ready for that sure beautiful beautiful so here we go boom 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 pew pew that's my that's my fast sound effects we're going we're going so for your listeners out here, the rules of this is I'm going to ask you 20 questions rapidly and you have to answer by either saying yes, no, this, that, neither. And then afterwards, you will have the opportunity to go over a couple of them. All right. Okay. Beautiful. <clears throat> Do you still DJ? Yes. Summer or winter? Oh, summer. Love or money? Love. Leisure or luxury? Leisure. Is the customer always right? No. Burgers or tacos? Burgers. Ooh. Does your birthday always happen on the same day? No. Apples or oranges? Oranges. London or Toronto? London. Interesting. Have you ever been disappointed in the outcome of a night or event that you've had a hand in? Hundreds of times. Hundreds of times. Passenger or driver? Driver. Do you prefer to watch a movie at home or at the theater? Theater. Do you think artists are the easiest people in the industry to work with? No. Hesitation there. Do you prefer day or night? Uh, night. Rich or successful? Successful. Do you want to work hard or play hard? You can say both. Uh, both. Both, nice. My man. Honesty or other feelings? Honesty. Do you prefer to wear a game face or do you smile? 
<laughs> game face. <laughs> game face all day. Forgotten or remembered for all the wrong reasons. Ooh. Forgotten for all the wrong reasons. That's a tough one. I Forgotten? Know, yeah. Forgotten. Boom. That's it. That's it. That's the 20 round. We made it through the round. Is there anything that you would like to clarify? Uh, hmm. Which ones did I hesitate on? I can't remember which ones I hesitated on. Um, the London to Toronto. Because... Uh, oh, I just, I think, well, I live in London now and raised a family here, so I have Fair. no reason to... And then another one that you hesitated on are artists are the easiest people in the industry to work with. Uh, yeah, that's that's tough to say. I would I wouldn't say that for sure. I think that some are very easy to work with. A lot yeah. of them are, but um, no, there's there's definitely it's definitely a mix. Definitely a mix. Of people. It comes down ultimately to the person, not necessarily their chosen profession. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You gotta be you gotta be a people person to do well. You got to be patient too, no? Oh, yeah. Yes. And then the last one. Um, I want to ask you about forgotten or remembered for all the wrong reasons. You hesitated for that one. That was tough. Yeah. I think you have to – do you want to give me an example of something so I can make sure I answer this correctly? <laughs> okay. An example of forgotten. So, so life comes to end and you're just off. All of whatever you've done is gone with the wind. Or people remember you for your poor traits. Oh, I don't want to remember for my portraits. <laughs> so you're okay with just being wiped from existence? Yeah, sure. I don't want to be a piece of shit. <laughs> sounds really bleak when you put it that way. Yeah, it's a pretty bleak question. <laughs> Maybe you could choose better questions, man. Yeah, oh, those questions yeah, yeah. suck. Okay, I, I angry think, sound guy. I think, I think maybe... Yeah, I, think I, I agree with that. I think maybe uh, I, I would want to be re remembered for the things that I did, whether they were good or not, because at least I tried, right? Um, I wouldn't I like necessarily... That. I wouldn't want to be remembered for being a shit guy. <laughs> if I if I did a bunch of stuff and failed, I wouldn't I wouldn't mind being remembered for that because at least I at least I you tried. Up, right? Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. You got to try. You got to try. I like that a lot. That brings us to the end of the speed round, and I'm a fan of considering different perspectives. So this is exactly what this next segment is designed to do. Next up, we're gonna do boom. What's your take? Yeah, yeah. This is going to be real juicy. I don't know why I'm saying juicy. Anyway, what's your take? What we're going to do here is I'm going to provide you with different quotes, statements, topics, or ideas, or concepts, whatever you want to call them. And we just want you to share your opinion, your perspective. Cool? Okay. Deal. So first and foremost, I'm going to start with keeping things fresh and new in the events world does not come easy. What you think? What's your take? Uh, very, very true. It's, you know, after, after you, you know, there's only so many ideas, right? So I think when you've been doing it for a long time, you feel like at some point that you're, you're recycling old ideas, right? Um, I th a big part of staying relevant is being okay with understanding that you don't know everything. You're going to need to find that's the truth it's always good to get especially the industry that that we're in it's always good to get it's always good to get um the up-and-comers perspective um you know the people who are just entering the scene 
because they have a lot they have a lot riding on this right so it's true they're always they're always thinking they're always very immersed in like like and accepting of new ideas and stuff whereas when you've been doing this for 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 a little, little while i think you get you get stuck in um you get stuck in a cycle you get stuck in doing what's comfortable yeah, when you when you when you when you get stuck in routine, it happens often. You're like, oh no, this is what works. This is always what's worked. So why would I change it up? And and I see that attitude as well. But a lot of the newcomers are sometimes not necessarily terrified, but they're intimidated by coming in and approaching and voicing their opinions, and that only really hurts them. No. Yeah, for sure. I I think that uh, the reason why you know. Well, you've probably done this before when you pick up something new um you learn the basics and you kind of study the people who have come before you and yeah. learn the basics yeah. and then you and then you kind of put your own interpretation on it because you're adding like your flair or your whatever it might be it could be music throwing parties anything right. um so it's nice to get an, another perspective from someone who's just kind of like in that learning process because they've adapted um, the things that they've seen maybe you do or people that are your peers do and then they they adapt it to meet uh, meet their skill sets and their skill sets kind of like come through um, right once they've kind of honed the basics it's true it's true it, it, it needs time to flower to mature yeah you get you get all the recipes but like the cake has to sit before you cut it in you know yeah 100% and then a combination of the more experienced individuals with the newcomers is where you can come up with fresh and new ideas for the events that you're doing. That's a lot of the time how you're going to see things flourish. No? I would say that I wouldn't, I don't think, um, you know, myself and, you know, my, my partner now, we don't, we're not necessarily the ideas guys as much anymore. Um, our role is more to find the people who are, you know, younger and super interested in doing and getting involved, doing stuff and getting involved, and then being a facilitator. I think that's what you kind of have to do. You have to be okay Absolutely. with letting go some of those responsibilities and and basically providing that next generation with the tools to to be successful because that's the only way. As a group, as a company, you're going to stay relevant. Agreed. Everyone has their role. My next statement, we, we get a lot of uh, headaches from this one. The cost of cover and drinks at bars are overpriced. What's your take? Um, I think it depends on the perspective. Um, there's a lot that goes into uh, running a business and anybody who is involved in hospitality uh, can appreciate the fact that the margins aren't the greatest. Um, there's a lot of hidden, there's a lot of hidden fixed costs that, that people don't, that don't see. And there's a lot that goes in into like, even just throwing a party, people think, oh, you just, here's four walls, a roof and a, a door, throw in a sound system and find a DJ and let's go. I mean, if it was that easy, I think everyone and their cousin would own a bar, right? Um, <laughs> or everyone would, right. Or everyone would do a concert, right? So yeah. I remember this, I, re I remember having this conversation with, uh, this girl, she used to come to all of our concerts and she used to buy tickets. And then she was like, how come, how come your tickets are so expensive? And I was like, um, how much do you think a DJ costs? And she's like, I don't know, like 
two, three hundred dollars. And I was like, wow. No. So I, I think, I think part of it too is, I, I, and I always say this when we, we get approached, concerts is actually a really good one. When we get approached by people, we get approached by people all the time. Hey, we want to do a concert. Okay. Um, it's, it, let's say I was like, Hey, I want to start a podcast. You would be like, okay, these are the things that I need. You know that that microphone costs X amount of dollars. That right. camera costs X amount of dollars. When you go shopping for, for talents, when you go to do talent buy, there's no, there's no, uh, menu. There's no, uh, there's no website that you go to and say, Martin Garrix is this price. And, uh, for a limited time, 10% off, you know, there's, yeah, it's a yeah. very, it's a very strange dynamic to put together these events because, um, there's no fix, there's no fixed cost. You just know it's going to cost you a lot of money, but you <laughs> dollar, have, dollar bills. Yes. You just have no idea because it, it goes purely on supply and demand. And if they want to get out of it, if the artist wants to get if out of like that it. day. Huh. Right. So, but even, even things like bars, like, you know, insurance, you know, like it's not cheap to insure a bar. It's not cheap to insure an event, um, security, um, you know, at the frog in the summertime when we have, you know, when we're going through thousands of people in a night, you know, there's 35 security guards. And if you do wow. the math, even, you know, you do the math, they're being paid between 15 and 20 bucks an hour times 35 people times four to five hours. And that's it. that alone. Right. And then there's, yeah. you know, your cogs, your cost of goods, you know, cost money to buy the alcohol. Right. It costs money to pay the people who serve those drinks. Um, so I, I think uh, where the hospitality industry is definitely a luxury item. Um, yes. It's a luxury item. So you know, especially what we're going through right now, um, I think people are going to evaluate um, what they spend their hard earned dollars on. So is it overpriced? Um, if you're buying it, then no. Because you made the choice. You <laughs> made the choice good... to pay. Because it's true. I mean, you could go to two bars, right? Let's go to bar A and bar B. They're serving the same drinks. Yeah. Um, same drinks, same glassware, you know, but one drink is eight fifty and one drink is six twenty-five. Why why the markup, right? What's the yeah. difference? Um, it's I it I love the entertainment the hospitality, but it is the, it is the true free market economy. You know what I mean? Like, no lie. Like if if you really want to be there, I can charge you twenty dollars and you're gonna have to pay it. And if you don't so, see the door. Exactly. And you know, when we when we hire people at the bar or for bars that we've you know been working with in the past, we we always ask people what you know I always ask the person what, what are we what do you think we sell here? And people, you know, the obvious answer is always oh, sell like you pay quick door cover and you pay for drinks. I'm like, so that's that's when you're, you're when you're overpriced. Mm. You're overpriced when when people are there to buy drinks. They're not there to buy drinks. They're there to have a good time. The experience. The experience. They're paying for the experience. Right. If people are there to pay for drinks, then you're not doing something right. You know what I mean? Like they're there to, you know, like you can see two concerts. Like there is obviously a lot more restrictions with artists, but you can see two concerts, two comparable venues. One, one ticket could be more expensive than the other. Um, yeah. Maybe in one, one city, the tickets are selling twice as fast. 
So the ticket price is going to go up, right? So I think the price is relative. I think the, the price is dictated by the, the price is dictated by the market is dictated by the marketplace. And I think that bar owners um, and nightclub owners price their price the, their product so that they can make a profit. And you guys, you guys have all been in seen bars like. There's not a lot of bars that stick around for more than four or five years. You know what I mean? There's, there's some staples, but, um, so you never know when you, when your time is coming. Cause like we were, we had this conversation earlier, man. Like if you're not one of those people that's staying on top of it and, and you're not connecting with the next generation of people, your, your cycle is done. Bars, you're bars going, yeah, bars going cycles, right? You have about, <clears throat> Most bars, especially in university type towns, you have, you know, a four or five, four or five year life cycle, maybe three, three to five years. And then you kind of have to reinvent, That's reinvent scary. yourself a little bit and bring new people in. Otherwise, you're not relevant anymore. Yeah, it's a thing of the past. Wow. My, okay. Next statement. Talent buying is a simple process. Yeah, absolutely false. <laughs> well, go on. Why? Why is that? Uh, I mean, it can be sometimes. Sometimes you can just get lucky and it just works out. But uh, the majority of the time, um, the, the, the talent buy is the people think of that as the, of the most, as the most glamorous part of doing, of, of putting on the show. Mm -hmm. Um, I'd say it's the the most stressful. Uh, man, top top two or three things that are most stressful for putting together a concert, but it definitely um, is not an easy process because there's all kinds. Like I was saying, it's not like buying apples and oranges at the supermarket, right? These are we you kind of have a ballpark for what the price might be. But then you have to match flights, itineraries, uh, scheduling. There's all kinds of scheduling things. Like I remember booking when we did Avicii. Um, he played a show for us in London, and then he flew to Syracuse right afterwards to do another show. So Syracuse. There's been some crazy routings for shows. Like the, in order to get an artist to a, a, one of our concerts, we have, to, we have to book a private jet. And then the jet has to come uh, lands at a certain time. Then we have to get them back to the back to the airport and on their flight by a certain time. Um, we've gone through customs issues. I mean, we fill up the paperwork, and then some of these artists they just want to do what they want to do. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. So I mean, there's um, yeah, the talent buy the talent buy is. Uh, it, it's it's not for the faint of heart. That's why not a lot of people can do it. And it's, it is it is a relationship. It's a it's a very relationship based industry. So um, it it can get it can get tricky with people's feelings getting hurt. And, yeah. You know, there's, there's there's also yeah. yeah. I mean, there's only there's only one Calvin Harris, right? And there's only one Martin Garrix. And, you can't book them both on the same, you can't book people on the same date at the same time. Right. So yeah, a lot of times, you know, sometimes you might get caught in like a bidding war and that's something Oof. you don't want to do. Oof. Right. And then, yeah. So, and then there's contracts, um, all that kind of stuff, you know, got to make so sure it is far, far, far from simple. 
Yeah, I think I think it was goes back to my point I made with that girl that I had a conversation with about her thinking that DJs cost like four or five hundred dollars to book. And it's just yeah, it's not quite ignorant. Like these these yeah, I, you know, I think I think a lot of people think that. I don't think people really know how much DJs or artists make, right? Um, but yeah, the, the talent buying process is not not a fluid process. There's no playbook. You can't there's no, if you were like, Hey, okay, give me these 10 steps that I have to follow to do this. You could give somebody a general guideline, but, um, it's, it's, it's just you, I mean, I'm not the person who does the talent buying. I'm, I'm part of the process, but, uh, I've always told, I've always told uh, all my partners involved, like, I don't want to be the person who deals with the agents. Cause that's not something that I'm right. stuck. I don't have a stomach for that stuff. Fair. That's, that's a different world. Understandable. Okay. And I got one more here for you. I lied. I got two more here for you because I can't read very well. Success comes to those who wait. This is more motivational. What do you think about that? Um, yeah, absolutely. I think, um, well, two things. Um, wait, how long? I don't know. Um, there's no time frame. And success is, success is relative to, um, you know, I think depending on what stage you're at, depending on what you do, um, I, I think going into it f for me, only speaking from my own experience, yeah. um, I didn't know what success was going to be like, cause there was no, like, there was no model for this. There was like, no one was like, you didn't go to school and you're like, okay, when you graduate from this, this is how much money you're going to make. Like there was no, there was no like blueprint to, there's no blueprint for us to follow. So I think that almost helped me because, well, it's been detrimental sometimes too, but generally speaking, it's kind of helped because there was, there was no perceived ceiling. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. No limit. You know, if you're, yeah, if you're going to be a doctor, like there's, they lay it out for you. Like there's, there's like steps or like a lawyer, there's those like steps you want to make partner. Like, you know what I mean? There's, there's an aspiration structure. for you to a structure for you to, to follow. And that, that in, in some, in, in some regards makes it easier for people. I think it's easier to visualize like where you yeah. want to, where you want to be yeah, for, um, sure. for what we do. There's, um, you're always kind of chasing a feeling, right? You're, you're chasing that like euphoria of being successful. Well, depending on what you think, whatever that is, is but, yeah. whatever that is, but, um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, and yeah, there's, there's definitely patience involved uh, with, you know, all good, you know, good things happen for people that are, that are willing to put in the time. I agree. I agree. Right. It's, but at the same time, you can't just sit on the sideline and expect something to happen because you've waited. You have to act actively wait. I would say if that's even a term, I think there, there's a group of DJs that I work, that I work with. And, you know, one guy specifically over the past four or five years that, you know, I, I've helped out some DJs who, who wanted to get started in the industry and stuff. And the one thing that, uh, that I always say to them is, you know, cause you get the question that I get a lot, because like I was saying, like, let's just say, let's use using DJing as an example here. Yeah. Um, like how long is, how long does it take to be a good DJ? And it's just, it's a very strange question, but if you look at it from the way we're socialized, we're like, okay, if you go to high school for four years, and then you go to university for four years and then you do your master's for two years. This is what you get. Here's the care. Right. So I think we're, we're so, um, maybe not so much this new generation coming up, but 
maybe they'll be more open to like the newer, newer concepts, but like we're, we're very socialized to believe that you X, Y, Z, you know what I mean? Yeah. Whereas when the, these things is being in the creative field, it's very difficult to be like, you know, I, I've seen people pick things up in like two weeks and you're like, how the hell did you do? Damn. And then yeah. I've seen people struggle with it for years and then like, you'll meet them like two years later and then it just clicks, right? There's like, a, they have like an epiphany and it just like works, right? So yeah, yeah. Just gotta stick around long enough. Yeah, keep you on do. Trying, and, keep on trying. The, the thing that I would say say to people is, um, you don't know when your moment. The, my point was that you don't know when your moment is going to come. Uh, my first, my first DJ gig, like serious DJ gig, was because um, a DJ got sick, Oof. and I was playing in another room, like a small room, and the the general manager of the bar came up to my friend and I who were DJing at the time. He was like, "How would you guys fill in for him this Saturday?" And we were like, yeah, sure. So we came in, we practiced, we got all ready. And we were like, you know, we, we DJ this thing. Like it was the most important thing in my life, right? In our lives. And the guy came up to us at the end of the night and was like, yeah, you guys are back every Saturday night. Boom. So yep. um, that, and I took that as a, that was, that was a huge learning experience. That was a big time a learning experience for me. I, I took away more in that moment than, any education that I've received in my lifetime that, you know, you just, you just don't know when your moments, when your moment's going to, when your moment's going to come, but when it does, you, you better be ready. You better believe that. <laughs> Cause you don't know when it's going to come again. It's true. It's true. Just a fun, fun fact. A moment is actually a 92nd period of time. Just throwing that in there. Yeah, I bet you that conversation I had with that general manager at the time was about 90 second conversation. <laughs> there you go, life altering 90 seconds. My last what's your take is you're infamous for not answering your phone. <laughs> what's going on there? Um, hold on, let's see where I'm at right now. Um, this is live, guys. He's checking this live. <laughs> I don't know if you guys can see this. I won't. Oh, I can't, sh I don't know, without showing you my messages. But I have currently 597 unchecked messages. Now, that's an accumulation of over, over, uh, over probably a year now. This is only text? Yeah, just text messages. Say what? I do it to myself. You do it to yourself? Do you just put your number out everywhere? Um, yes. So, you know, when you, when you, when you, when you run a bar, you manage all the DJs, you manage all the staff. So scheduling, staffing stuff all comes to my phone, customer complaints, customer concerns, uh, all comes to my phone. Um, I, I think a, a lot of it's like group chats and stuff like that too. I just don't mm. I, I like, you know, when you're in like a group chat with a bunch of friends and you're like, at some point you're like, I can't. Right. But why not, why not having like even going and getting two different numbers? One's your business phone and then one's your personal <laughs> phone. Or you just have no interest in responding to people. I think that would look super sketchy. Um, A little yeah, I just, I think uh, I, I've made, I also, um, what happens to me a lot too sometimes is, I don't know if this happens to you guys too, is you're <laughs> typing someone a message and then you get a phone call. And then you forget about it and then I'll go back to, and then you'll go back and then you'll go have to go message somebody about it. And it's saved what you were going to type to them. And you're like, holy yep. shit. Like, whoops. <laughs> me like you messaged me two weeks ago about this. Well, why not? Why not get an assistant then? 
Um, I t- funny thing is, is at work I do have one. Ah. Uh. <laughs> So you're just not good at answering your phone. Yeah. Are, are you applying? <laughs> <laughs> I need a job. Louie doesn't pay well. <laughs> don't don't, yeah, don't no, tell I people am, that. I am notoriously bad with my phone. You are. You, you hit that. You That's hit nice. that. <laughs> That's great. That does bring us to the end of that challenge. What fun. But next up, we've got our wheel challenge. Are you in to spin? Boom, that was my drum line. Who's the old guy? Who's the old guy? That's the that's the grumpy sound guy. He's he's the one trying to run the sound, but he's doing a poor job at it. This that's your stereotypical <sighs> sound guy? <laughs> yeah, our stereotypical angry sound guy because none of them really enjoy. It's true, this you know that's funny about that graphic. I'm just imagining He's smoking that cigarette without his hands. It's just hanging out the corner of his mouth the entire time, and he's working a soundboard, both hands. I'm the just real talent here, man. Just don't get it messed up. <laughs> and then you get the uh, you get the ash. You know when the ash is at the end of the cigarette, and you're looking at the guy, and you're like, yo, ash that cigarette. Ash it! <laughs> <laughs> so true. So true. <laughs> That's jokes. All right, all right. So for the wheel challenge, what I'm going to do is spin for you for obvious reasons, and then you get to complete whatever task is assigned on each of the rungs or whichever rung you get. You may get lucky. You may not. Um, If you don't want to face your challenge, you do have the option of opting out, but that's no fun. We're just going to get to it and see what happens, okay? All right, let's do it. Deal. And we're we're going. We're going. It's happening. <laughs> okay, alright, alright. This is the good one. This is Rhyme and Relate, the good one. I, I like them all, but this one really stands out because I get to participate more. This one is called Rhyme and Relate. And so what we're gonna do is we're gonna throw back couple different words and we're going to try and rhyme them and relate them so i will start with a word and then you have to rhyme it and then i have to relate to your word so for example i say fly and you say sky and i say bird and you say word and we keep on going you have three seconds to say a word and if you don't do it you time out you lose cool and then you start with rhyming and we'll switch roles deal so wait you're starting i'll start yeah with rhyming so you rhyme first Okay. Promote. Demote. Lower. Higher. Fire. Flyer. Show. Go. Where? Over there. Uh, fair. No, I don't know. Damn. I think I messed that up. Over there does work, though. It rhymes. We never said one word. Yeah, so that's one point sure. for you. That's one <laughs> point for you. I'm surprised we didn't get no no input from the angry sound guy for me messing up, but that's okay. Do you want to... So next up, you got to choose a word. Okay. To rhyme. All right? Or So you start, and then I rhyme it, and you have to relate. So we, we switch here. Okay. Uh, show. Flow. Uh, go. Monopoly. Wait, I just lost. Because I have to <laughs> rhyme. Damn. 
<laughs> we Damn, this is no good. This is not a good lift for me right now. <laughs> okay. Well, you suck got at this, man. You hey, suck yeah. at this. You're supposed to be good at this. I thought I was supposed to be good at this as well. I don't know what's going on today. But we got one more. Hopefully, you don't sweep me. And this time, I'm going to rhyme and you're going to relate. And clearly, I have to remember those rules because that didn't work out too well. Last one is party. Uh, tardy. Sweet. Feet. Smell. Tell. Story. Uh, gory. Fight. Might. Insect. Ooh, ooh. That's three seconds. I got him. I got him. <laughs> Two, one. You still took the whole thing, but I didn't get swept, so I can live with that. Oh, that was a good one. That's a good one. That's a good one. Beautiful. Well, there's only one way to describe that last segment, and it is a wheel challenge. I wonder what we're going to get on the next episode. Stay tuned. But for now, we're going to move into our final segment of the day, which is clear the air. Pow, pow, pow. What we're going to do with Clear the Air is we're going to eliminate brain fog for our listeners. We're going to be throwing different common issues within the industry, and we want you to help us navigate them better. Um, essentially, we want to be better people, and we're hoping you can help us do that. Cool? Mm-hmm. Deal. My first question for you is, what exactly is a buzz, and how do you create it? We're talking about party buzz? Or what are we talking about? Um, <laughs> in terms of... Uh, <laughs> now that I read the question out, I was like, oh, this this makes a different sense. <laughs> remember remember what industry we're in here, right? <laughs> yeah, for real. Damn. Um, no, um, let's say creating like a promotional a buzz? Yeah, promotional buzz, a release, some kind of event. Even. Um, so, I mean, this isn't rocket science, but uh, I, I think from the very beginning, um, you know, with all the people that I've had the opportunity to work with, the one thing that we've always agreed on is you start everything from the nucleus. So I've always been a firm believer that, uh, you know, let's say you want to start a party, a Thursday night party at um, a big lose bar. Hey, it sounds like a good time. You, you, you need, you need like, uh, we refer to, we refer to them in the hospitality industry as like your regulars, right? Yeah. So that is, that is uh, the key to the success that I think of, of creating buzz around, around events is, is having like a, a group of people um, that you can kind of stir things up with a little bit that are going to, you know, in this day and age that they're going to help you make it go viral. Cause it has to message has to emanate from somewhere. Right. It has to start from some, somewhere. If you, if you look at it as like something that's that's organic, um, when you when you want lots of people to know about something, um, and sometimes you, you don't know why, you just do a better job of it because what the dialogue that you're having with people it, it just resonates with them. Yeah. Um. So you go to a group of people. And you, you get people excited about an idea or a concept or whatever it is that you're trying to, trying to stir up a buzz for. And you're hoping that uh, this nucleus crowd of people that, that you um, given this information or trying to get excited about it, they, they take the next step for you because that's when you have like real street buzz for, for something. And that, that's, 
that's generally how you can kind of gauge the success of, of your events. It's generally the, the, um, how we've always kind of gauged how well we're doing with, um, our advertising is how organically are we, are we growing our message? Because, um, you can spend all the money you want on ads. Um, if the content that you've put together is really good, it, it's, it's going to be an organic process. Right. So creating, creating buzz is not, it's not an exact science. Sometimes you do something and you're like, I have no idea why this resonated with people. There's, there's lots of factors. Yeah, timing. Yeah. Just timing. What's going on. Um, what's going on in the marketplace at the time. That's why I think, you know, back to one of the points that we had talked to earlier about why it's important to, to connect with people in your industry and especially up and comers is they're so immersed in the culture at the beginning. When, you, when you're trying to learn anything, you're, you're so knee deep in it. Head first, you're paying, yeah. yeah you're, you're paying attention to everything. And when you're paying attention to everything, it's a lot easier to take, to take every little detail into account. The more details, the more information and details you can take into account, like what's cool, what are, what's, what's, what's popular on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, what, what's, what types of messaging. Cause the, the types of advertising, um, that people are doing changes like sometimes daily, you know what I mean? Like, um, before people, before, you know, blogs used to be really, really big part of communication for, for yeah. music. Right. Yeah. Um, now, you know, now if you want to put out messages, you have, I mean, how long can you put an Instagram story up for 14, 15, 15 seconds? seconds? Now, yeah. yeah. So you basically have 14 or 50 seconds to, to put out your message, right? Which is not lot of time but that's that's just the platform that that uh, you have to adapt to right so you know creating a buzz is really just you ha you have to um be able to, to digest and have at your fingertips as much information as you possibly can and yeah. make the, the most educated decision that you can because um you might miss your mark i i, I very rarely do you get you get the metrics that you're looking for in an advertising campaign, but you, you hope aim high and hope that you kind of shoot for moon land amongst the stars. Yeah. You land around the mark that you, or around yeah. the goal that you had set for yourself. Yeah. yeah. I think in my experience, at least the best way to excite someone, <laughs> I should choose my words more wisely. Um, the best way to excite regulars <laughs> would be to be the most excited person there. They feed off of that energy. Yeah, in 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 our bar and nightclub environment, um, uh, we are in the business of collecting people. That's, yeah. that's what we do, right? So, yeah. um, hundred percent. <laughs> your um, the the bar and nightclub environment is almost like a little world, right? So there's all different types of personalities. There's all different types of interactions that you're going to have in a night. If you, if you just think about like if you think about the, the way that um, the bars are, are split up, right? Like there's, I mean, it, it's a very confined space, but it is a, a cross section of our society. There's, you know, there's socioeconomic uh, segregation that happens in a bar. There's um, gender, gender separation. Like there's definitely like different sects of society that you could see within a bar. Like when you walk in, you're like, Oh, these are the, you know, there's stereotypes, right? That this is where these type of so people such, hang. Yeah. yeah, this is right. Um, That's and true though. That's true. So you're kind of collecting all these people and you're mixing them all into a pot. And then 
But what you're, if you're, a, a, if you're smart and, and you're a person who's, uh, you know, orchestrating the party, and that's what I always look at people who are really good general managers and really good bar owners. Um, what they're like the director of this, of this like ongoing, um, and you know how dramatic bars and nightclubs are, right? Like it's an ongoing, like it's an ongoing soap opera every week, two, three, four times a week. Like you're directing, um, all these people and how they coexist in this environment together to make it a good time. So bringing in the right personalities is absolutely paramount to the success of your bar because you want people there who are characters and you know, like, um, it makes the party a lot more fun. Yeah, people, people exactly. want to see and be around people who are, you, you generally you go out to have a good time, right? Generally speaking, typically speaking, so, yes, typically. So, you know, you, you want to try to, <laughs> have groups of people there who are there to have a good time because that is infectious. Yeah, it's important. All right. So Derek, we spoke a little bit earlier on past events sometimes not going so well. And I wonder, is there ever a time where there were guests that were severely disappointed? Maybe it's because the talent wasn't the right fit or they didn't show up. Something went wrong. How did you deal with it going wrong? Um, well, I can touch on it from multiple angles, the, the ways that the, the way that you pose the question. So, um, have I had artists not show up? Yep. Have, I think, um, we had a little incident with ASAP Rocky last year, um, decided to get Rocky himself arrested. Up. <laughs> well, we knew he wasn't going to show up, but, um, so there was a lot of people who were, who were disappointed that he wasn't, he wasn't going to perform, but, yeah. uh, the show must go on. Right. And I hear that. So people, people are going to be disappointed. That's, I, we've had, uh, I've had lots of times where the talent didn't work out or specifically with talent. Um, yeah, there, I mean, that was, that was, um, that was an unfortunate incident. I'm a huge ASAP fan. So it was like a big thing yeah. for me too, but there was a lot of people that were disappointed. Um, but there was, there was still a good show and still a lot of other good artists that were going to be there. And, yeah. Um, you know, with, uh, with social media, there's, you know, people have a, a free voice to say whatever they want now with no repercussions, right? So it doesn't really matter. That being said, I think you have to, you know, I think the input, the input's important, but you can't let, um, the feedback, um, paralyze the decision-making process, right? There's, I mean, we, you got to keep living, you got to keep working, you got to keep doing your thing, right? So in terms of talent, yeah, that, that does happen. There's nothing you can do about it. Those are, those are things that you cannot control. So focus on the things that, that you can, you can, that you can, uh, that you can control with, you know, with like, with bar events, mm -hmm. um, lots of things can go wrong, man. You just get the wrong group of people. The, I've had a bathroom floods, fire alarms. Like you name it, it's happened. DJ sound equipment goes like it's all happened. It's just uh, a lot of what you like. What you guys are doing, um, this isn't per live per se, but if there yeah. is a live element to it. Um, you know, computers crash, uh, microphones don't work. It's just about you know, you just kind of hey, these things happen. And I also think that it adds a little bit of the, I mean, once it's done and you, you're done feeling like this is the worst thing that's ever happened to you in your entire <laughs> life. Um, there is a little bit of a human element to it. Um, yeah. You know, my wife is filming, uh, she films all of her, um, 
work, workouts um, in our home studio now because of you know the times have kind of changed right now. Yeah. So yeah. she has like a fitness program that she posts online, and she does live workouts every morning. And uh, you know, there's all kinds of things that happen. You know, like the kids run down the stairs and they're in the video. All of a sudden, you're just like, hell, just, just gonna have to go with it, right? You are now here, yeah. <laughs> yeah but I, I think people, I think people, uh, when things are really, really polished and produced, people think that that's like an unattainable thing, right? When you add that little bit of, when you add some mistakes and you, you add like um, things that kind of happen, there, there is a human element that kind of like comes into and people, I think for the most part, people are pretty forgiving. I mean, there's going to be trolls. They're just, that's the of way Of course, most definitely. <clears throat> but the there is perfection. There's yeah. perfection in the imperfection. I'd yeah, like exactly. I, I think that people are generally going to be pretty, and anything that we've kind of done, um, our, our main concern has always been, are you having a good time? Because I've always believed, I've lived by this philosophy my entire career in this industry is that you're only as good as your last party. doesn't matter if you've done 100, 1,000, or a million. People are going to remember their last time. So if you operate under that principle, you're always going to try to do what is in the best interest of, of making sure that people continue to have a good time. So yeah. if you make a mistake, you're, you know, you want people, you want people, you want to move you. So there's a good and the bad, right? So yes, maybe people forget what you've done 10 years ago, but you can make it up real quick. Cause if you throw a good party next week, Fix all it. is forgotten, all is yeah. forgotten and all is forgiven. And so clearly, clearly you've experienced several challenges here working within Canada, but you've also worked internationally. Are there other challenges that you've experienced abroad that you wouldn't have experienced here? Yeah, you're not in your country. <laughs> <laughs> Number one. I mean, let's yeah. let's let's use Mexico as an example here. I don't know if you guys have been to Mexico before. I love Mexico. Mexico. Toltec Cancun. They have they have uh, a whole different set of laws and uh, there are, it's an interesting it's an interesting place to be. The rules are different. Um, so yeah, I just think you know there's there's different cultures different language, language barriers, cultural barriers. And uh, what we think, what we think is okay here or not okay here is, you know, the rule book is different. It's a different, yeah, it's just different. It's, it's just it, different. It, yeah. And I also think that, you know, when you're in your hometown, like you party, but when you go to Mexico, there's only one reason you're there, you know, it's, it's the party, right? So like everyone's mentality is, is completely different. Everything is just, Gong show. Gong show, super personified, right? <laughs> like it starts at like yeah. 10 a.m., right? Like, yeah, yeah. Whereas, and it ends at 9 30 a.m. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you get a half an hour nap in and then do what you got to do to stay awake. <laughs> yeah, for real. It's, it's, that's the truth. Damn. Yeah, so I would say, I'd say that, you know, it's fun. It's fun doing stuff in different countries. It's, uh, it's definitely not a vacation. Um, still work yeah that's true it's just uh the travel stuff was um was difficult to continue to do um you know i hope things get better in mexico um it just wasn't really uh, we just felt that it wasn't uh we could have kept doing it we just didn't feel like it was a safe endeavor anymore yeah. i mean we at could. the end of the day you got to be safe if, if you're looking yeah. out for so many people, you're responsible. Of course, you have to make that decision. Yeah, the crazy thing is when we first started doing it, we never, we never took that into consideration. Like, I remember being on a trip. I can't remember how many people there were. Um, there's, like, an infamous uh, resort in uh, 
Cancun it's called the Oasis yeah and I remember I remember we were there and uh I think we had five or six hundred people on this trip and I was like oh man like I'm responsible for all of these people like what, what if what if somebody misses their flight like something stupid you know what I mean like what if somebody goes missing like you know how many times people would like we told people yo make sure you know like which direction you're supposed to get on the city buses and all that kind of stuff right um people don't listen people getting lost and stuff or like i was just like holy shit like i'm i'm responsible for all these people. i remember um, one year i couldn't go on a trip and uh a flight got canceled or something like that and i'm, I'm like dealing with parents freaking out that their kids are stuck at airports and stuff i'm like man i, I don't know what to do like <laughs> I'm just a guy who booked a trip for people. Yeah, for real. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so there's all kinds of other challenges that uh, that you face when you're not in your hometown. I think you don't really uh, you don't really appreciate how easy you have it when you're working in your in your hometown, right? Um, but it's nice to mix it up and like do some do some different things as long as you can figure out a way to do it in like a, in like a, in a safe way and uh, you in order to um, execute events in um, other cities you know it, w- it wasn't like we just show landed like we would go uh, whoever I was working with at the time we would go a week before students would land right and, and get do the work and get, ready, and get ready beforehand and get an idea of like how everything kind of operates who you got to talk to um, I mean you guys have been in nightclubs before right so like you can't be standing at the door with all your guests and who do you got to talk to to get in right <laughs> you don't want to be have a trip of you know a few hundred yeah. people and you have no idea how to get people into their no yeah the there's a lot of background stuff, right? work yeah you got to put in the work just like anything else it, we are selling a good time but um there's no good times being had while you're doing these events like most definitely the the, the good times are had at, at, towards the end when you're like okay my anxiety level is is pretty low now yeah nothing's gonna go wrong and then you have a little bit of time to kind of sit back and reflect on on uh you know, Reflect. a job well done That's a because idea. it's re- realistically, yeah, like you, there's like a small little window, right? You have like five minutes in a, during an event where you're like, oh, I feel pretty good about this. I and then that's, it. and then it's gone, but you're constantly chasing that feeling. Yeah. Every event that you do, it's that five minutes of euphoria that you're like, that you're constantly kind of trying to, trying to recapture yeah, on an true. event to event basis. It's not like you're enjoying this. Yeah, you're not enjoying this thing. If the concert's three hours, you're not like, ah, oh, in heaven for three time. hours. Yeah. Yeah. For the first two hours, you're like, oh my God, I hope the lights don't all turn off and the sound system stays on. The background stuff. Absolutely. Absolutely. And with all of this going on, even being at the event, you're very busy. Being outside of the event, you're very busy. How do you find a balance between your work and your personal life? Because that's something a lot of people will struggle with. Um... I, I mean, I'm not going to sit here and tell you, give you the magic formula for it. I'm not going to say that I, I've, I've done a very good job of it. You have to have a pretty understanding family yeah. to be able to, to do, to be in this industry because the hours are really strange. Um, you know, sometimes you're, you're walking in when they're getting ready for work. Um, you're going to bed when they're waking up. Um, but, you, you know, it doesn't feel like work. It's, it still doesn't really feel like work to me. So that's how I know I'm. I'm doing the right thing. Yeah. Um, but balancing it, I mean, clearly I don't have the magic formula because, you know, I can't answer all my messages all the time. <laughs> I don't blame you, man. Well, 569 Yeah, but I mean, I, I mean that, that's, that's a lot of it. I was, was going to say is uh, I think it's been very hard 
for me to let go of certain things. I mean, during the night, uh, during the day or night of concert, I'm still the person that gets all the messages for, uh, there isn't, there isn't two names at will call for me to get in, to get in with my friends for guest list. Like I still deal with all that stuff. I mean, mm. so I'm like, you got to delegate that. I'm, exactly. You're right. I'm, I'm procuring concerts and I'm dealing with, you know, multi-million dollar budgets, but I'm still, you know, standing at the will call being like, Oh, your name is not on the guest list. Let me fix this. You know what I mean? Like, mm. but I think that, I think if I didn't do that part of it, um, I don't know if I'd still really like doing, doing this. I, 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 I like, oh, interesting. I, 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 I do find a little bit of pleasure still in, you know, that, that, that uh, student who is working for you um, shows up at the concert and like, you've been behind the scenes planning this massive concert, but you're still in the trenches doing guest list scanning ID, scanning like barcodes off people's or RFID tags on people. You're still putting bracelets on uh, people going to concerts and stuff like that. I, yeah. I, I don't know. There's yeah. Fun with it. I don't know if I, I don't know if I'd like it if I didn't, if I just stood backstage the whole time and, and, and you know, and did nothing. You like the element of interacting, socializing, being yeah. with people. I also think that I've had the chance to do everything in the industry from cleaning to where I am now. So I, I believe that uh, it's a lot. I, I've always, I've always told this to people who, who like I've been training to do things or worked with in the past. I don't feel like anybody works for me. I always feel like I work with people, whether or not they're, whether or not they're the person there that's the set up the fence or, you know, the person who's doing the lighting, like it's, it's, if you, I mean, collaboration. These, yeah, these collaborations are massive undertakings and it, it takes um, a massive amount of people to make these things, to make them work. And that's the truth. You know, that's like I've, I've just been super fortunate in my life to, to connect myself with the right people who have the same ambition and, and, and want to like do a good job and put on, on good shows. And, you know, through a lot of luck and, and a lot of good relationships that, um, I've been fortunate enough to be able to to do a lot of these things. Yeah, and here you are today, the man. Yeah, yeah. That's, so that's it's great. It's been a, it's been a wild ride, and I still like 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 I said, I still enjoy like even when we're doing like things like bar events, I still like being up front, talking to everybody. That's that's how I think um, I still find a way to to be relevant and find that next generation of people who are gonna. Uh, come into into the industry that's like what gets uh, me excited about going to work and like doing things is meeting is meeting that like next generation of people and and uh, help them helping me and me helping them there's like it's a symbiotic relationship it is right? symbiotic like, yeah so yeah. and the community's feeling that the community's feeling that Derek and we want to thank you for that so much information very valuable uh, but it brings us to the very end of this episode I had a lot of fun I, I thought it was awesome I hope you had a fantastic time too, but I want to offer any final words you'd like to share before we, uh, we, we close this off. And also if you'd like to share with the listeners where they can find you on social media or wherever else, if you'd like to do that, this is a great time too. Um, closing thoughts. Not, not, not really. Uh, I think we touched a lot of stuff. I think, I think did, the, yeah. main, the, the main thing is, you know, I, I think that uh, when I first got, into the industry I, I i had no idea no idea what i was doing and, and i think um 
the thing that helped me a lot was um, trying to find, connect with people who are in, in a similar situation and are trying to do the same thing as you. You're, you're not going to be able to do anything really in life without the, the, a good support network around you. True. And some of us get super lucky um, and meet the right people. So I just think the, the, the trick for me has always been find the right people to be around, to, to be. Find your crew. To, yeah. yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. And then. Beautiful. And where can we find you? Um, all of my social media stuff, personal stuff. I, I don't really, I'm not, I don't exist in, in social, the social okay. media world per se, but like you can check out the barking frog, IG pages, yep. IG page, the premier life, IG, IG account. And then, um, I should, I honestly just two days ago, I just, uh, I actually, uh, reactivated my Instagram, my personal Instagram oh, yeah? account. <laughs> yeah. Maybe we'll see you there. Yeah. We'll see. Cool. Perfect. With that complete, I would also like to thank our listeners. I hope you guys learned something today. We had a lot of fun. Shout out to our very own Grumpy Sound Guy. Thank you for interrupting us throughout this podcast. I hope you also find a reason to smile because life is life is not worth being grumpy all the time. As and- always, this was a drag for me. So thanks for nothing. <laughs> I thought I could get away with a nice comment here, but nope. Lastly, I want to say a shout out to Prevail Media Group. Thank you for your space. It's beautiful. And for the team, we can't do it without you. And and how can I forget? The biggest thank you goes out to Derek Young. Thank you for coming out here. Enough said. We out. Thanks for having me. Cheers. Thanks for tuning in. If you enjoyed this, then follow us on Instagram at go.produce. Check out our show notes, support us on Patreon, and help us grow this community. All of this and more can be found on our website at goproduce.ca. I am Big Lou, and I want to make sure that until next time, you go produce.